0: Cheers, campai, salute, gamber, Skull prost. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I tell folktales and folklore from around the globe. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 18 of the Drunken Storytellers podcast. In this episode, things might get a little bit dark so you have been warned it's not so much content warning but the story is a little bit horrifying shall we say but first as always what am i drinking today so um well because i thought this episode was going to be dark i thought i would go and get some uh, imperial stouts or something but i didn't because i'm lazy and it's hot and stouts are a bit heavy for hot weather uh, I've just been for a run as well, so I'm really, really hot. Uh, so I've got some Shindiga... What's it called? Festiva. It's an East Coast Session. Um, it's quite a nice little thing. A little bit fruity. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Um hmm, doesn't quite go with the, 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 the theme of this story and this episode, but meh, whatever. Uh, as always, there's a, a quick reminder that I am running the London Marathon... Um, There's a link to both the charity, No Man Is An Island, um, and and my Just Giving link down in the show notes. So please do go and help me raise some money for a really good cause. Other news, we finished playing our Bluebeard Bride game um, over on Twitch a couple of days ago. It's up on YouTube now, so you can catch up there. Um, We had a lot of fun. If you're creeped out by Weird Babies, don't watch it. Creeped out by sofas eating people, don't watch it. Um, and yeah, there's also some creepy stuff with mirrors as well. Um, so it 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 comes with content warnings. There's some really quite weird, creepy stuff in it, but yeah, you shouldn't touch things, touching things is bad. Um, the next game I'm going to run is going to be a, a Vampire the Masquerade game, but it's not Vampire as You Know It. So this is going to be on July 16th. I've kind of loosely termed it v5 dystopian vampire um or uh, someone fucked up gehen and the world went to shit so uh, i've got um another game planned it's a super special game being planned some people know a little bit already it's going to be played on july 30th and we have all players locked in for that i think um And oh boy, is that going to be a special one for you folklore people. Um, Other news, I found out today, yesterday, this week, anyway, um, that I'm going to be giving a talk at this July's World Gothic Cult event. So keep an eye on their Twitter and you'll, uh, you'll see the schedule come up and what I'm going to talk about there. So that should be fun. Anyway, on to today's episode. I'm going to start by telling you a tale, a true tale, every word of what I'm about to tell you is true and happened as is told. You have been warned. Something wakes me. It's still dark outside and my eyes only half open. My ears prick up, no sound. What has awoken me I cannot say. I try to turn my head to look around my room. It won't move. Then I feel it, the pressure pushing down on me, crushing my chest, pinning my body to the bed, my arms and legs unable to move. Even my fingers and my toes are still. I can move nothing but my eyes. My breathing is labored as something forces the air out of my lungs. The pressure on my chest is rising, and I sense something in the room with me. Is it the thing pinning me down? Or is it the dark shape in the corner of the room? That was there a minute ago, wasn't it? What is holding me down? I have pinned down by someone before. There are always movements I can make. Why can't I move now? Is that a shadow on my chest? Are those dark hands holding my feet? Where did that shadow in the corner go? Panicked now, I try to scream, to warn away these things, to let them know I'm awake and see them. Maybe somebody will hear me and help. But it's not only my limbs and body that are controlled and trapped, but my vocal cords are as well. I cannot move my mouth and make the shapes I need. I cannot control my vocal cords to make the right sounds. The sound that escapes is a forced, terrified moan. Not a scream. No louder than a normal voice, as I can't put any force behind it. Not loud enough to raise attention of anyone outside. Not loud enough to scare away the thing pinning me to my bed. A shadow creeps over me, leaning over me. Are those claws reaching for me? It stands there, watching me. Has it been minutes or hours? I cannot tell. Time has no meaning when you cannot move and all you can do is try and scream a muffled moan. I feel the cold sweat on me seeping into my bed covers. I want to shiver but I'm unable. I am scared. I am terrified. This makes no sense. What is happening to me? The next thing I know my alarm is going off and I wake up with a memory of that last night. There are no shadows in the corners. There is nothing pinning me down. I can breathe and speak easily again. My throat is sore and hoarse from the attempts at screaming and my bed is still damp from my sweat. So... That is a true story. And I know it's true because it happened to me. And it's not happened just once, but it's happened many times. That is how my mind and my body portray what is more commonly known as sleep paralysis. So in today's episode, I'm going to be looking at some of the myths and folklore surrounding this weird and honestly truly terrifying natural thing that our mind and body does to us. It is truly terrifying, um, if you ask anybody who has shared a bed with me, or been in the same building as me, not same building, same flat house as me, when I've had one of these things, they can qu- quite easily attest to the noises that I make. Uh, they're not pleasant. So, um, As I was looking into this, there is, there's a whole host of scientific studies out there on sleep paralysis, and they are really cool and interesting to read. Um, and I did kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole as, as I tend to do, you know, I get distracted and all that kind of stuff um, on things, kind of what cause it and, and ways to prevent it and help it and stuff like that currently, as far as I could tell, no one really knows what has caused it, what causes it but it kind of might be related to a dysfunctional REM sleep cycle and there's also connections with lucid, dream, lucid dreams and narcolepsy but this is not a science podcast, it's about folklore so let's have a look at how sleep paralysis has been viewed across the world in folklore and mythology. And yeah, there's going to be kind of a whistle-stop tour of um world cultures, different cultures around the world looking at um, kind of the way that these these places view um sleep paralysis. It is a worldwide phenomenon and is believed somewhere somewhere between this <laughs> is a stupid number. I think it's somewhere something like five to fifty percent of people suffer from sleep paralysis. The and something like five percent suffer it regularly, and up to fifty percent maybe have it once or twice in their lifetime. I don't have it regularly. I say maybe once every eighteen months to two years, something like that. But it, it's enough that I know and uh, I, I dread it happening to me because it's fucking horrible so um as you can tell from that little story that I read there you can tell you can you can see why some people refer to these as sleep demons some some people do hallucinate with these things and um, I do I do have hallucinations with them but not everybody does suffer from sleep uh, from hallucinations with sleep paralysis these most people will just suffer from rigid bodies to a greater or lesser extent but my body just fully locks up so so in japanese folklore so we're going to start with japan because why not there is something called the kanashibari Uh, it's the term that is used for sleep paralysis and it's generally associated with many different types of yokai and kami Um, the word directly translates as bound by metal but in folklore the binding can be caused by a yokai a kami or even by a priest Um, it can take the form of a possession by a yokai, yokai or a ghost um, and there is also a yokai known as the Makura Geishi, which is uh, most famous for plif- uh, flipping for flipping your pillow over whilst you sleep, so you can't return from the dream world. So if it knows you are you are dreaming and it gets in there and flips your pillow over, uh, you, you don't come back. Um, but there's also connections to um, Kanashibari, so. Um, There's also tales of a yokai sitting on a person's chest, pinning them down, uh, and when they wake, they see the spirit of a small child sitting on their chest, causing this kanashibari. Uh, There are other tales about the pillow turning and the makurageishi, but I'll leave those for another day, because I want to kind of go across lots of different places and look at different things today. Uh, Let's go from... Asia, let's go over to the Americas, and let's go to South America, a country, uh, an area that I've not looked at yet uh, in any of these episodes, so we're going to go to Brazil now, and there's a, there are stories of an ugly old hag by the name of, and I apologise to anybody who speaks Spanish and Portuguese in here, I don't, and my pronunciations are going to probably be worse than most other things that I say, other than Welsh. Uh, so the name, uh, so this old hag goes by the name of Pisa D- De- De- Della P- Pisa D- De-la. I have troubles with ours. Anyway, uh, it's mostly depicted as an old woman, uh, and there's one example of it being a male uh, and called Pisa Do. She generally is seen with long fingernails and sits on rooftops at night, waiting for people to go to sleep. Once they do, she will come down and trample on your chest. The original tales and entomology of this nocturna oppressio as the Romans would like to call it come from Portugal. obviously we know Brazil is populated was populated by Portuguese so it kind of makes sense. Um, there are connections made with an old Portuguese world, world word called pesadero, which means nightmare or from the Spanish pesador meaning heavy and pesadilla meaning nightmare the pisaderia uh, could come from the portuguese folktale this is from the folktale fradino de mau furada which according to google translate means little friar of the pierced hand the friar is a small elf-like creature who sneaks into houses and sits on people's chests whilst they sleep so you've got the sitting on the chest um, and there's also they both wear red hats but from the stories that I could see, that's probably as close as the similarities go. Um, so, let's go to another country that I've not looked at before. We're going to go from South America, we're going to go to North America, and then we're going to go further north, we're going to go to Canada. you oh, have not looked at these yet, and I am a little bit... I don't know enough about the Inuit peoples of Canada and kind of their ideas of sharing tales, but... Um, I've, I saw. I found a few sources where there are there are elders of the Inuit tribes have given interviews and told these stories. So I've taken this information from one of those places where it's the the elders of the tribe have consented to their oral tradition being written down. Um, so I've taken this this idea from there. The Inuit believe that whilst sleeping and dreaming, the soul is vulnerable, and they term this the ukumanginik in their shamanistic cosmology and it is you you are vulnerable while you're sleeping um, and your body within this state can can be attacked and when it is attacked it's kind of considered a what we would call sleep paralysis there's not much on it and I don't really want to delve into it too much because I don't want to get it wrong but they do have this term which kind of refers to when you're in a vulnerable sleep state and dreaming and sleeping and there are connections to sleep paralysis with that um, moving back over to Asia we're gonna go South Asia Southeast Asia we're gonna go to Cambodia Laos and Thailand and these have similar stories to each other um, and they call it Phiam or Khmut Sukkot uh, and much Like my story, they describe it as one or more ghostly-like figures being nearby or even holding them down, unable to move and won't make any noises. So it is not to be confused with the pikao or kamut uh, which relates to possession by a ghost and can lead to paralysis. Uh, But that's actual possession by a ghost rather than the the spirit or the ghost-like figure pinning you down physically. There are similar tales, again, uh, found around in Malay and the Philippines. There are slight differences across there, but with with the area being so closely related culturally, um, a lot of the stories and the folklores are similar um, on the grander scale of things. Individually, they are quite different, but there are, there are similarities across the regions. So, uh, now let's keep going... Uh, which way are we going? We're going west at the moment, so we're going to keep going west, and we're going to look at the Arabic states. Uh, so we're going to look at some Arabic states and some Middle Eastern countries, um, and oh boy, there are there are many, many, many here. Uh, so I'm only going to talk about a few. Um, so there is Jathum. Uh, this is an Ifrit or a Shaitan who sits on people's sits on people's chests or chokes them as they sleep, and to be rid of them, you need to sleep on your right hand side uh, and read the throne verse from the crown uh, the throne verse is often used as apotro- ap- i can never say this word apotropic magic to ward off the jinn and sometimes the jathum is seen as a jinn um although it's kind of from what i saw it's more closely related to ifrits and shaitan which are kind of like devil creatures um, we might we will uh, i will look at the differences at some point i'm not going to get into it here because wrong subject area in turkey there's the karabasan or the dark presser who attacks sleeping people and steals their breath in persia there is the bakhtak which is a goblin ghost-like creature who again sits on your chest you're getting a theme here that there's a lot of things that sit on your chest because you are pinned down and you can't move and the easiest way to pin someone down is to sit on your chest in the pashtun culture they have a reason for why the demon or ifrit is unable to kill you whilst you sleep so a lot of the the stories kind of tell you of the demons that are trying to kill you they try to kill you during your sleep but no one really has a reason why they don't succeed there are connections to um in folk tales to an actual scientific thing which i can't remember the name of but is something like an unnatural death during sleep there's a name for it i can't remember it off the top of my head um but yeah the pashtun actually have (laughs) have a reason in in their folklore they give a reason why the 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 demon is unable to kill you uh the, the demon is called the kapasa um and it is a ghost who has no thumbs and so therefore it is unable to effectively strangle you um i can still imagine actually not having thumbs and also having done mixed martial arts and brazilian jiu-jitsu and things you don't necessarily need thumbs to choke people but at least they've thought about this they thought about oh okay yeah there's a demon on us but it's unable to kill you how how, how can it not choke you oh, it's got no thumbs so i kind of like that that's kind of cool kind of nice little bit of information there so those are just a few examples from around the world uh, nearly every culture from every aspect and, and place in the world has some story or folklore connected to sleep paralysis in one way or the other, and it is generally a demon sitting on your chest in some way, shape, or form. They are all similar, and the most well known folklore around sleep paralysis I've kind of left till last, as I guess probably most of you already know about this, but I'm going to give it a quick once over, and then I'll leave you be They're a bit of a short episode today, a bit quick and round the bats but. You might tell my voice is a little bit croaky, I'm absolutely shattered and worn out, so I'm just going to do this one quickly. Probably the most well-known kind of folklore and tales around it involve something known as the night hag or the old hag. If we consider the, uh, the name that I can't pronounce because it's Portuguese, the Pisa de Ria, de- de- um, that's an old hag, so that's an example of this, this idea. And this is just—it's basically a catch-all term for everything. Um, It's more—it's more of a recent term, and the phenomenon was originally called the nightmare before that obviously became to mean bad dream, horrible dream, and all that kind of stuff, and actually become nightmare itself. Uh, The epitome of the nightmare can be uh, seen—the epitome, not epitome—the epitome of the nightmare can be seen in the 1781 painting by Henry Fuseli entitled The Nightmare. Yeah, it's it's a little bit creepy. This weird creepy demon thing sitting on someone's chest staring out of you. Probably the creepiest thing about it though is the bug-eyed horse in the background. I've talked about the Nightmare. Now, where does the term Nightmare come from? Well, it comes from the 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 german scandic and slavic folklore creature known as the mare that attacks you in the night hence nightmare Um, it is a malevolent creature who rides your chest at night giving you bad dreams the mare could also ride horses and would mess with sleeping horses or men and leave them with something known as mare locks which is kind of like tattered and tied up and tangled hair a bit like dreadlocks but what you get if you sleep with uh, wet and damp hair in, in the woods and stuff she's also said to be able to do that to trees as well um, the mare is mentioned in quite a few of the Nordic sagas so in the Inglinga saga uh, Hulda summons one to kill, in- to kill King Vanlandi Svegson, for forgetting about his Finnish wife which is fair it's like you've married someone you've forgotten about your wife i think bad shit should happen to you but you know i'm not going to do much on the sagas up here because you can find a million of them all over the place if you want a really good place to go and listen to the sagas i recommend the myth law and legend podcast and siobhan and all her work there it's she she does really good retellings of them so yeah go check her out um so in, that's that's kind of like the German Scandic stuff. So in Polish folklore, the Mare, or Zmor is connected to a winter demon or goddess called Marzana. There are ways you can tell someone is a Mare in Polish folklore, such as being the seventh daughter. It seems a little bit harsh that just because you're born seventh, you're now an evil creature. But I suppose you can kind of connect that to the idea of the seventh son of the seventh son being a wizard and all that kind of stuff, which we'll look at one day. Um, if your name is mispronounced during your baptism, you will become a mayor. Again, that seems a little bit harsh. If 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 the priest has been out the night before and is uh, all distracted while he's doing this thing and your name is mispronounced, you're, you're screwed. Uh, if you have multicoloured eyes or a unibrow as well, that, that kind of uh, tell, tells the world that you're a mayor. Uh, I'm not too sure on that. I have... Uh, one of my eyes has a different colour in it. It's not, I'm not got two different coloured eyes, but there's a little band in one of my eyes that is a different colour. Does that make me a mare? Am I going to get up and dance around on your chest at night? Well, something's dancing around on my chest at night, so maybe it's fair game that I do it to someone else. Uh, (laughs) It's believed that the mare could shapeshift into both animals and inanimate objects as well, and that it could drain people as well as cattle and horses of energy or blood. So a little bit vampiric there. Kind of cool. There are also ways that you can protect yourself from the mare um, in Polish and uh, Slavic folklore. So one of the, some of the ways that you can do this is by drinking coffee before sleeping, apparently. Though uh, I guess the way that that protects you from the mare is it just keeps you awake so you don't sleep and it can't dance on your chest because you're not sleeping. Um, you can sleep. Oh, no, you can steal the hat because um, mares wear a hat so you can seal the hat that stops them from dancing on your chest don't know what stops them from stealing it back while you're sleeping and then dancing on your chest even harder but um, you could sleep with a scythe which sounds possibly like a really bad idea um, one wrong move while you're sleeping could uh, end up with bits of your body chopped off and oddly and probably the most disgusting thing to be mentioned in this episode of the podcast I've I've mentioned other disgusting things in other things, like the Dragon of Wantley, and this kind of harkens back to that. Uh, apparently smearing shit on your front door will uh, stop the mayor coming in. I think that's going to stop a lot of people coming into your house. But yeah, uh, with that last pleasant image in your mind, minds, I'm going to leave you for this episode. So please do like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those kind of places. Rate and leave comments on Apple and share it around uh, on the socials as this is the best way to promote me. And do let me know what you think. You can find me over on the socials. So on Twitter, I am at The Drunken Store One, uh, Facebook, The Drunken Storyteller. You can email me at The at gmail.com. Send me suggestions and topics and stories to cover and talk about and things. Reminder again, I am running the London Marathon and I want to kick cancer's ass. So help me raise money and kick cancer's ass, please. You can also go check me out over on my other little podcast over at Darker Days Radio where we talk about horror-themed RPGs uh, mainly based in the world and Chronicles of Darkness and the Warhammer RPGs as well. So, well, the drink has run dry and all that is left for me to say is thank you and sweet dreams, my friends.